Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. This is Greg Patterson, and on this edition of Arkansas AgCast, we're talking with rancher John Warmond. His ranch uh, lies between Point Remove Creek and the Arkansas River, and it's all about the flood. So, John, when did you get an idea that there was going to be a problem and you were going to have to act quickly? We went to bed one night at 10 o'clock. We checked the river level, and uh, the prediction was uh, 29 feet, which 30 foot the flood stage here, so... So, you know, we felt like, you know, we're good. Next morning, I get up, 7 o'clock in the morning. I've got a, a next-door neighbor to the ranch that lives down down in here. Uh, she, uh, Terry Bounds, she calls me, and, and right before she called me, I got a neighbor and friend right across the river, Ernie Davis. They both called around, you know, about the same time, one right after the other, and said, hey, have you, uh, have you seen the latest? on the river and and at that time i was out checking cattle then you know doing my normal daily routine right. I, I said no uh I, I i last night i went to bed it's it was uh 20, predicted to get 29 feet and they said well it's changed now it's 39 feet oh my gosh so anyway he said no I, i'm not uh, that's that thing's fixing the flood so then, like I say, I, we talked for a minute, I hang up, and uh, Terry calls me immediately, saying, you know, and, and tells me the same thing. And so at that point, you know, is when we started, uh, you know, kind of dropped everything that I was doing at the time, the whole transalt and everything had to had to transfer from. From uh, daily routine mode to you know kind of emergency management mode, and and um, so we began the process of moving cattle. Uh, you know, brought a couple extra guys in to help, and so we we started we started moving cattle, uh, emptying pastures out, moving, pushing them to higher grounds, and you know moving hay rings, feed troughs, mineral feeders, you know um, things of that nature. I started calling around, trying, you know, because, you know, last year, last summer was an extremely bad hay season for everybody. So there was just a real shortage of hay. And, and I was like, here at the ranch, I was completely out of silage, completely out of hay and had nothing. So I called around and a couple of guys I knew, I, I, I talked to them, you know, you know, off and on. I remember them making comments about, you know, going to get, to bale some hay or something so i reached out to them to see if there's any way you know they could turn loose i could just swap out some hay with them you know I'd go ahead and take some that they had now and then later in the summer is when i got uh started baling hay and stuff i told them i would i would swap it out with them i would buy it from them if, if they didn't need it didn't have to have it I'd, I'd rather buy it from them if they needed it and uh it cut them short then i'd replace it so Anyway, they started bringing hay in. We had a 320-acre field here right on Point Remove Creek that's usually one of the first places that goes underwater when that creek starts backing up. 
So me and my boys, we started in. I, I have a silage chopper, and and uh, so we started in. Cut. It was wheat and uh, wheat, and it had a lot of vetch in it too, which is you know really good quality. Yeah, that's feed. good quality feed. We started in cutting it, and I've got a chopper. I went right in behind the cutter and and chopped, and and we were trying to to get everything out of that field that we we were going to chop. You know, day, night, whatever, we was going to chop before the water started coming in on us. So me and the boys, three of my boys were doing that. One of the boys was working with uh, cowboys, you know, trying to, you know, gathering cattle and had a couple of neighbors actually called me and said, hey, I heard what's going on and uh, is there anything we can do to help? Let us know, we'll come help you. So this Cody Stale uh, guy uh, lives up at Center Ridge, got a big cattle ranch up there. and So he sent all of his people down here to to help me gather and load cattle. Boy, I bet that was a a relief to get that help. Oh, oh, you have no idea. You just don't have any. When you, you know, when you're faced something like that coming, there are so many, you got as many cattle as I do and many things you got going, you know, which I've got too many irons in the fire all the time, but, but as much as I got going and, and, and for it to be coming in that fast, see, that, that's the thing, you know, Went to bed at nine at twenty nine foot and got up the next morning at thirty nine foot. I mean that's something you just you just don't prepare for for that sudden uh, flip and and conditions. And uh, were you able to get that field cleared of the uh, the vetch and the wheat? No way. No oh way. man. No way. No. I, oh, we might have we might have got half or less than half of it out, and uh, the w- water started coming in and. And, uh, and shut us down there. But we did, like I say, what we did get, we brought in and, and we put it in our pit, packed it in, you know, and, and I was thinking myself, you know, you know, green, fresh green chopped silage like that is not good for cattle. You know, it needs two weeks. You know, when you're, if you put silage inoculant on, which I was, you really need at least two weeks on it to sit there and go through the fermentation process. Right, uh, and uh, to break down the acidity that's that's uh, that's in there, and give it a chance to get converted to you know u- usable nutrients. So anyway, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it, it's you know, even though it's not uh, ideal, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. Right, as long as it it's not an ideal situation, but it's still something the cows can eat to stay alive. So we put that up and and got. Uh, got washed out of the field and, and you know in an ideal situation you know that you really need 30 days on on that uh grass to let it set up but i'm still you know, gonna have that so anyway we got what we could up i got what hey i could in here got what cattle we could move out of here i moved a bunch of my cattle back home i've got a farm north of Marlton up at uh birdtown um old family uh dairy farm there and i moved what cattle i could there stacked them on top of each other basically and then uh uh cody still also offered me a place for a lot of uh, you know how many you know cattle he could he could handle and so we we were sending truck pot load after pot load you know to one place or the other and and got out you know all the cattle we could get out we were left with uh obviously the ones that are here now but you know so far like i say uh, they've all been doing fine uh the core has an 80 acre uh block of 
real estate over kind of uh, in the middle of my farm that's uh that was formed whenever they built the hydro plant you know all of the dirt sand whatever right uh, that, that they dug out from there they brought over and and they spread that out over that 80 acres and and it's it's a big kind of a big flat plateau in the middle of the farm that's you know it's it's I would have I would have always said it's at the uh, sea level of the levee, but it's actually uh, appears to be quite a bit higher, and, and a lot of it in front, you know, in the, in right. the south half. But anyway, is substantially higher, I think, than the levee. But I've got about 500 cow calf pairs there, which, like I say, they're on top of each other. They're, they're stressed, and and you know, it's not, you know, they're it's, they're under abnormal positions. Uh, situation too so you know it, it, it's not a prime by a prime situation by any means for for uh us or them either one but we have been able to to keep some hay and and uh something for them to eat and um and then i've got the levee that that's just south of the uh my shop that has an apartment attached to it and that's where me and my four boys have been staying and uh, that levee just south of us, I've got another 150 cow calf pairs there, and and they've been able to, like, like I say, they've been able to manage fine as well. And and then we've got a, a, two other small groups of cattle that we just can kind of continuously move around. You know, as as uh, when the water starts coming in, we try to keep the cattle above the water. We we obviously try not to move them to a high spot right off the get-go because this year, this time of year anyway you know the grass situation you know we have grass everywhere and you know you're going to lose your grass so you try to 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 uh, manage the cattle herd in the lo- lower areas first to let them have that grass and try to save your higher grass because you don't have, you never know how long it's going to last um you know, you don't know what to expect, and then whenever predictions go to historical flood, then nobody. I mean, you you you, you don't. You, you, they're saying it's going to be a historical flood, but I don't even know. You know how bad it's really going to get. You don't either. So, so anyway, you're you're just, playing a game of chess, trying to figure right. out the moves of Mother Nature and what's going on with the river, and and at the same time trying to meet the needs of your animals. And, and making some future predictions, and you're hoping you roll the dice well. Right. People don't realize it, but that is every single day in a farmer's life. And it doesn't matter if you're a row crop farmer, if you're a cattle rancher, a dairy farmer, poultry farmer, hay farmer. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what type of farming that you're involved in. You, you're rolling the dice every day. And, uh, this particular situation here just it uh it just comes it changes to more like high stakes poker or russian roulette whatever however you want to look at it it, it gets it just gets a lot more serious a lot bigger deal so you were able to get with with some help from your friends all this stuff you just told me has happened this week all of that happened in like two to three days time i mean that's all we had i mean i'm I'm telling you from seven o'clock in the morning uh and i don't remember exactly what day that was i can't remember if that was wednesday morning or thursday morning of last week i think it was actually i went to bed wednesday night 
uh, with a 29-foot prediction, and then Thursday morning was uh, at 7 o'clock when I got the 39-foot prediction. We worked Thursday and Friday, and then, like, the water started uh, covering us up. No, I, I'm, I'm wrong about that. The water come in earlier. It just it it wasn't it wasn't as bad. we already had a couple of pastures cleaned out uh, when it when that started. But uh, I guess it was Friday morning actually. The water started coming in, but, but but we already had you know we cleaned those places out Thursday, so it wasn't much of an issue. So this this all happened leading into the Memorial Day weekend. That's right, and then. Uh, you know, I'd say cowboys would, would, uh, they continuously kind of move cattle to a, to a new place until I guess it was Friday night or might have been Saturday morning, uh, is when, you know, it, things were really starting to get serious. And, and that's at that point, we, we had to go ahead and, and move the cattle to the final destination of where they are. At the moment. So, what, what do you think the uh, the near future holds for you? And, and the reason I ask that is, we're interviewing a row crop farmer in your area recently, and a couple of days ago, and he said the Corps of Engineers folks said this isn't going to be a matter of days. This is going to be a matter of weeks. So, how does that the near future of juggling your animals look to you as this historic flood just washes in? As far as my cattle herd is concerned they're going to be fine we're, we're going to take care of the cattle and and the cattle will come through it better than any of the rest of us yeah the, the cows have lost you know they've lost weight just simply because of the stress that they're under being you know they're you know all jam-packed together crowd overcrowded a lot less. you know they've been used to green grass uh, they've been pulled off of grass now and going back to dry hay roaming continuously so they're burning so many more calories and, and expending so much of their energy roaming and and uh being under those kind of stressful conditions which that weight loss relates to less milk production which stresses the calves you know you're going to have more issues in the in the in their their uh their calves because you know they're not getting the nutrition that they're used to and in a lot of cases that they need that's going to relate to reproduction issues in the future so to 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 answer your comment about uh, you know weeks not taking days but weeks it's it's going to take months it, it's going to those repercussions will last uh, me anyway for months and possibly even years because you got to stop and think i went as everybody else went through three of these floods in 2015, the last of which was uh, Christmas of, of 15 went into New Year 16. And I have no come nowhere close to being able to overcome the financial effects of those three floods in 15. I mean, it nearly bankrupted uh, my, me and my family. And we have not uh, fully rebounded from that. And probably never will, but we'll get we're we're gonna we'll work our way through it. And then you you put this one on top of us now. And it, it's we've gained some ground back, you know, since fifteen. But you know, this is gonna be another hiccup, you know, another <laughs> another break in the road. It's gonna kind of you know really slow us slow us down, and and not gonna be able to accomplish you know what we hoped and expected to. But but uh, that's way life is. You know, you never know what to expect. You just have to deal with what cards you you're dealt and and make the best out of it yeah it takes some grit yeah it takes it takes some grit and takes some 
takes a lot of hard work and, and there's there's no way no way you know that i or we could do what we are able to accomplish you know without you know our four sons that that give every ounce of of their well-being for for the our farming operation and uh well you're blessed in that regard oh you have no idea i'm so so blessed i have i have two daughters and four sons and like i say my my four sons uh they give everything uh they give everything they have for for the sake of our farming operation and which i have you know a, you know a couple of employees that do a pretty good job and and like i say we've had a lot of help from friends and neighbors and extended family and uh but the everyday labor that the uh that the my boys put into it is uh is what drives my operation to where it is today this is greg patterson and on this edition of arkansas agcast we have been talking with John Warman, a rancher in the Point Remove Creek, Arkansas River area, about the flood and all the preparations he had to make in getting ready for this historic event.